Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. I'm not even going to lie to you. I could do an entire episode just on North's milkshake tutorial. Don't tempt me with a good time. That was the best content anyone from the family has given us in a little while. I do agree. I do agree. I'm sure you guys saw this. Basically, North was making milkshakes with Sam and Chicago, and it was just adorable. Like, there's nothing profound to say. It was just an absolutely adorable video of her being such a great big sister. It gave us such a good glimpse into, like, what being at home with them is like, more than the show does, which is, that's a hilarious sentence, by the way. No, it's true. It was just overwhelmingly normal. And I think those moments of normalcy is something we're always looking for in a family that is anything but normal. So three little kids adorably making this milkshake while Kim is maybe upstairs. It's very similar to when your parents were doing something and you and your siblings were downstairs like making a mess. And there was just something about that, that one felt so relatable. And second of all, you're watching and all of a sudden you're like, do you guys know your mom's Kim Kardashian? (laughs) Like I still have that moment. I do too. And it's funny because, you know, we've been watching them on reality TV for 15 plus years, but I still don't feel like I have this overwhelming insight into what like the day-to-day of their lives is like. No, it's true. And I think for any celebrity, but specifically with the Kardashians, those glimmers at pure authenticity of really what's going on in just an average day is somehow the most interesting content of all. I completely agree. Anyway, a lot going on in Dubai this week, which is not a sentence I necessarily anticipated saying on the podcast. A truly surprising amount. A lot to actually keep up with in Dubai this week. So the main event was the grand opening of the hotel Atlantis the Royal. And this, from everything we saw, was quite the affair. Just to paint a picture of this hotel, it's a 43-story cantilevered building. It'll feature 231 luxury apartments, 693 hotel rooms, 102 suites, 44 private infinity pools that are attached to the suites and the penthouses, a helipad, fire-breathing fountains, a tank with 4,000 jellyfish, just whatever you could envision as wildly over the top is exactly what this was. And to celebrate the grand opening, they had none other than Beyonce there to perform. The initial report said she was being paid about $24 million to perform for an hour. Some of the more recent reports are speculating she was paid up to $35 million, but Either way, just an absolutely obscene amount of money for this performance. It was her first performance since Coachella and her first time performing since dropping Renaissance in July. They said phones weren't allowed, but God bless the people that broke those rules because we got footage of the entire thing. There was even actually a live stream going on. Blue Ivy joined her on stage for the first time ever to sing Brown Skin Girl. Jay-Z was there but didn't perform. 
also, I mean, this was a star-studded event. Kendall, Alan Pompeo, Chloe and Halle, Rebel Wilson, Nia Long, a lot of very famous people. But as a side, the room that Beyonce and her family were staying in is called the Royal Mansion Suite, $100,000 a night. It's set over 11,000 square feet on the 22nd floor. There's four rooms, a cinema, a safe room. It's just, I don't know. This just felt like a very extravagant weekend. I have personally, and I know a lot of people have to been anticipating this Beyonce show for a while. It, once I saw the way that this weekend unfolded, it really clicked for me why Beyonce agreed to do this, why they were paying her so much money. Like this was a weekend that all really came together once you saw it all in action. Don't you feel that way? I definitely do. I mean, I had no idea about it. And all of a sudden you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram and you start seeing the first class, business class, Emirates flights, you know, you, everyone's there. And at first you're thinking, is this for the tart trip, which we can get into in a second. And then you realize, no, it's for the opening of this hotel. And I, I think that something that I'm never bored of is how cool even the coolest people think a Beyonce performance is. So it wasn't just the people at home, meaning like Lizzo, for example, confirming that she also tuned into this live stream of Beyonce that probably wasn't allowed to be recorded in the first place. It's also the celebrities that were there acknowledging just how cool this was. You know, the thing with Beyonce is that it's really become that every time she takes the stage, it becomes a historic event. The last time she did this was Coachella, which changed the game of Coachella forever. And so even an event like this, where it's a hotel opening, yes, and it shouldn't be as big of a deal to have a concert there as it was, it then becomes this historic performance by Beyonce. I mean, you will remember the fact that this hotel had Beyonce for its opening debut weekend anytime somebody brings that up. I know. And by the way, I just did some quick math. Assuming the $35 million number was correct and assuming the performance did last for an hour, that comes out to $583,000 a minute. I just, I know I just said that number and you guys probably hearing it were like, holy shit. Let's just take one extra second to take that in. $583,000 a minute. That is fucking insane. I don't care who you are. The thing is, like, that is an unfathomable number, even for a Beyonce performance, which I think is invaluable. I cannot wrap my head around her being paid that much. But at the same time, when the reports were coming out that she was going to be performing at this opening, we knew that she had to be cut a fucking bag in order for it to make sense for her to do this. Like for her to take the stage for the first time in four years since Coachella, like it had to really make sense for her to do it. And what she did was that she entered that stage and she was like, this is, this is my price. You know what I mean? Like, this is how much it costs for my time, for my performance to get me to do something for the first time in this many years. Like that's how much it needs to be worth it for me. And it's like this general understanding that I feel like we all have of Beyonce that with the second she hits that stage, we're like, yep, worth every single penny. Right. Like as if it was my $35 million that I personally paid her and I'm looking back on, you know what? This is a good investment. I mean, I don't think that they ever expected that Blue Ivy was going to take the stage with her, which I said to you, I cannot imagine a better feeling than being one of these entertainers who has cemented yourself as one of the greatest to ever do it. And then having a child who also has this interest and this talent and getting to share the stage with them. I remember feeling that way about 
JLo's Super Bowl performance when, you know, Emmy came on stage with her. I, I just can't imagine a greater sense of pride as a parent. Blue Ivy's my new number one Nepo baby. Yeah, well, duh. Come on, she had that title before she was even born. Anyway, so this this was really something. I mean, I, I didn't mean to give Atlantis the Royal all that free PR, but like I even was impressed looking at it and just hearing about the rooms. The other thing going on. <laughs> no, giving, no, that's <laughs> so funny. That's so funny. Well, you know, you're going to get someone DM us like, wow, how much did Atlantis pay you to say that? I'm like, nothing. I just watched the Beyonce live stream and I was really taken by it. I don't think anybody thinks that we're being paid by Atlantis. You think that. And then you know we will get one DM from someone saying, wow, can't you at least disclose that you're getting that? <laughs> do you know how dark Do you know how dark it would be if we were being paid by the Atlantis to give them PR, but they didn't invite <laughs> us to Dubai for Beyonce? You know, I fell asleep. I have to be honest with you. The night before I knew it was happening, I fell asleep with the anxiety that I wasn't going to be able to see anything of it. Like I really was like, I was expecting phones locked away, taken at entry. Like I, when I saw those videos start to come out, the overwhelming sense of not just like happiness, not just joy, not just the ability to watch, like actual relief that I felt was concerning. It's so funny you say that because the idea of whether or not this was going to be a documented event wasn't even one that crossed my mind. And then when I saw people starting to post that sign that said, you know, this will be a no phone event, please kindly place your phones in the bags that were given to you. I was thinking to myself like, all right, there's no way there's going to be footage of this because if that were me, I know myself, there is no world in which I would have the balls to take my phone out of that bag. And I'm not even someone that's a strict rule follower by any means, but that is just one rule that has stuck with me as if it's law. And I was trying to trace the root of it. And I landed at the 9-11 comedy benefit that was hosted by Jon Stewart and Pete Davidson, where they had everyone. It was Chris Rock, Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, Dave Chappelle, you name it. And it was no phones event. And someone was recording during Dave Chappelle's set. And when I tell you, I still to this day will never get over the secondhand anxiety and embarrassment I felt for that guy when he got called out. Like imagine in the middle of Madison Square Garden, you are the one person filming and Dave Chappelle from the stage calls you out and then you're personally escorted by security. Like I, I was so traumatized by that that I don't even think if everyone else was doing it and everyone was drunk, I would have taken my phone out of that goddamn bag. Okay, I understand completely what you're saying. I would never at any sort of comedy event, that is like the golden rule, I would never ever take out my phone. Even if they didn't take my phone, I would never film anything at a comedy event for two reasons. One, like there's the very obvious reason as to why they do it because they're usually, you know, shopping their stuff. And so they don't want the jokes to get out and all of that understandable. Two, they will call you out. Like Beyonce is not stopping her $35 million performance to ask me to put my phone away. So like the public embarrassment of it would be enough of a deterrent in any comedic situation. The thing with filming at Beyonce, and I'm so, again, thankful for these rule breakers, is that I would never think that I would be called out, but the risk of being taken from the show would be the most terrifying thing to me. So I would never in a million years be the first one to break out my phone. But once I saw about 10 people doing it, my phone would be out right away. You know, as I'm thinking about it a little bit more, this policy was presumably one requested by Beyonce, correct? Yeah, of course. Right. So like you said, Beyonce on stage is not specifically calling me out for taking my phone out. Also, it is not as though she has enough security there to individually call out every single person that may have been filming it. And on the flip side, there is no world in which the Atlantis team is personally taking phones away because they just paid $35 million. Don't you think they want it to be publicized? 
So actually, the more I'm thinking about this, this was a light suggestion. It was a light suggestion also because if they really, really cared that much, there wouldn't be a video up. That's how Beyonce works. If she genuinely was so afraid of one single video making its way out, there the, the, people would not have been able to take their phones into the area where she was performing. They would have had to check them. Like there, it wouldn't have been a thing. The other Dubai event that got a lot of media attention, totally different category, not even in the same realm, but worth mentioning just for the conversation that I'm sure will ensue after, is this Tarte trip to Dubai, which was a brand trip sponsored by Tarte Cosmetics, where they basically took a bunch of beauty influencers for a few days, flew them business class, put them up in the Ritz-Carlton, had these beautiful suites for everyone, and did what they do on brand trips, you know, stacked the rooms with a lot of their makeup, had different dinners and events where everyone was making content. And the reason that I'm really mentioning this, aside from a few TikTok things that I want to get into, is somehow this trip just took off in terms of the public fascination with it. I think for a lot of reasons, but one, because it was happening at the same time as this <laughs> Beyonce concert. And so it so much got to the point where Maureen Kelly, who is the founder of Tar Cosmetics, spoke out and said, you know, no, this isn't our first trip, but I can, of course, understand how people may have a knee-jerk reaction to seeing content overload like this. I have to laugh at some of these conspiracies. I will say people are creative, but no, I can confirm that we definitely didn't have help from any tourism boards. Because really what was happening is that people thought that Tarte was in cahoots with the Dubai Tourism Board, and that was the reason for the trip happening here. <laughs> This is the kind of thing, by the way, that you either are fully familiar with what I'm talking about and you're locked in, or this is the first time you've ever heard of it and you are so confused as to why we're bringing it up, which if that's you, I'm sorry and feel free to fast forward. But I promise you, this is one of those things that started as niche and has become like very mainstream. It has. And I think that so much of the reason for that is because people were so confused by the logistics of this trip. Like, all of a sudden, here were these influencers flying business class to Dubai, staying at the Ritz-Carlton, by the way, for only three days, which is a long trip for a weekend. And so everyone is watching this go down on their For You page and seeing, you know, the extravagance of this influencer trip. And people start to like crunch the numbers in their head, I think. And they were like, what's going on here? I mean, and you and I spoke about this. We were having a conversation. We we're like, you know, in terms of these really large marketing budgets that these really big companies have, an influencer trip like this is probably not the biggest deal in the entire world. Of course, it takes a lot of planning and a lot of money and a lot of resources, but it's not when you really break it down in regards to a really big company, it's not this unfathomable number that you know everybody was kind of thinking that it was. But from the perspective of somebody just scrolling TikTok and seeing all of these influencers in Dubai on this trip, like you take a second. Right. Like all of a sudden you're scrolling TikTok and you see dune buggies in the desert with a tart flag and Alex Earl driving a dune buggy with her mom. And you're wondering what's going on here. I will say, though, to your point, even though from our lens and where we sit, it feels very extravagant and not to say it's not. I think that if you're a tart, this was a steal. I mean, I'm sure financially it came out of their much larger marketing budget. And honestly, the views and impressions they ended up getting from hashtag tripping with tart, which was their chosen hashtag were far higher than what they would have gotten if they paid for it in more traditional marketing. You know, suddenly overnight, the entire internet is talking about this relatively small influencer trip. And I have to imagine they are operating under an any press is good press mindset. And that's kind of what they got here. So watching the way this whole thing unfolded was just fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I've personally said tart more times this week than I certainly have in my entire life. And so 
I have to imagine that other people are finding themselves doing that as well. And so clearly there was an element of this that just worked. It just made sense for them. Like we are all talking about this. But something that's really funny and like an added layer to a trip like this is that I feel like with the internet watching something that is objectively (laughs) very cool, like this trip, they get to fly business class to the Ritz-Carlton in Dubai. And, you know, everybody, all of these influencers are together and experiencing this and doing these excursions. Like, it's it's so funny to me to watch the internet watch that and develop almost like a love-hate relationship with it where they can't get enough of the content. But at the same time, they're almost hate watching it too. And they're zoning in on every single little detail and seeing what they can like rip apart and analyze and, you know, take mental note of. And it's, there's something very bonding about that fact, I think, for people watching it. And if you're watching and you're just like, I am obsessed with this content. I want every single piece of it. I want to see everything that they're doing also incredibly bonding for you. Oh, to me, the internet's fixation with it was the part that was the most fascinating. Like everyone's stitching it and just the way that this trip really snowballed into something bigger than I think they could have ever anticipated, which I will say, I don't, I can't personally relate to this feeling because the idea of an influencer trip, like I just, I just don't think that that's something that would work for me. But if you are somebody that was watching this and you felt upset because that's something you would have loved to be on, I do just want to reiterate that it's one thing to be at a pool party in heels in 100 degree weather, but to be at a pool party in heels in 100 degree weather in a full face of makeup is a very specific type of discomfort. And so anytime you're overwhelmed with maybe feelings of jealousy or FOMO, just remember that because I don't think you're going to voluntarily be putting on foundation for 100 degrees. That's just not a situation that I think you'd want to be in. So let that be a comforting thought if, if you're someone that was feeling saddened by this. This is exactly what I mean about you putting a positive spin on anything. <laughs> you can take any situation, any situation, and just say, well, at least you're at home not with makeup on. And I have to be honest with you, like, I could have been so I, – I, I personally wasn't. It's just not for me. But I could have been sitting here so incredibly jealous, having such a difficult time wrapping my head around the fact that this was something that people got to do that I couldn't. And you saying to me, well, they're in heels and a full face of makeup. And I would have looked down at my sweatpants and the blanket that I wrapped around me right now and gone like <laughs> – Oh my God, you are so right. I am so happy to be sitting here right now. (laughs) That's not even optimism though, Julie. That is genuinely coming from like the deepest part of my soul. So just wanted to mention that. Don't fully know how we got there, although I do because the second I knew we were talking about fiance there, I knew this would come up. And you know, it was such a, I'm going to say it's universal and I know it wasn't, but such a specific point that I feel like I hit with my group of friends, like when we were discussing this tart trip was the moment in the trip where we hit the realization that there was no chance that they would be going anywhere near this Beyonce concert. Yeah, that would, that would have been the only part that was rough for me. If I was already in Dubai, I I just think I would have wanted to pull a few strings and, and make my way to the Beyonce concert. But then again, you know, you're there with the brand, you're there for a few days, you're on their schedule, you're overwhelmingly grateful to even be there. I don't know. Also, wait, just to clarify, let me be super clear. Zero part of me is knocking the influencer trips. I think if you have an all expenses paid vacation and you want to go, you should absolutely go. It's only that I respond so negatively to a schedule presented for me that is not my own, that I just know myself, you know, like I, it wouldn't work for me, but I think that there are a lot of people that would absolutely thrive. So just want to make that clarification. And I respond so negatively to being anywhere near Beyonce and then not being able to follow through (laughs) with that. 
So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to, I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you, I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wear. It's not in the cars for me, but when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which... I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. We got to talk about Selena and the chain smoker. <laughs> Not the chain smoker. <laughs> so Selena Gomez was rumored <laughs> to be dating Drew Taggart, one of the two chain smokers. And Initially, and we were just talking about this recently, it was rumored that she was potentially seeing Nicola Peltz's brother. And we also knew Drew Taggart had recently split with Eve Jobs, Steve Jobs' daughter. Okay. So Us Weekly last week breaks the story that they're apparently dating, adding a line from the source that says, quote, they aren't trying to hide their romance by sneaking around at members-only clubs. They're very casual and low-key. They go bowling into the movies. Selena can hardly keep her hands off of him. They're having a lot of fun together. Okay. So we hear that. We're like, could this be a thing? I could actually kind of see it. The chain smokers had just been on Call Her Daddy, so there was a lot of talk about them going on regardless. Then one day later on the 17th, there's photos of them 
bowling that are released. And apparently these pictures were taken Sunday, which is one day before the news even broke. Then on the 19th, Selena posts an Instagram story, which said, I like being alone too much. And then in very small font at the bottom right corner, she writes hashtag I am single. And then two days later, there's paparazzi photos of them together on a date, holding hands in the city, like very seemingly together. So a lot going on in in a few days. Selena's so real for posting it and sort of be like, I'm single, but we're still fucking. I was about to say, just because she says she's single, it's not necessarily mutually exclusive. This directly goes back to our conversation we're having a few weeks ago about the different terminology associating with dating or hooking up with someone. Selena basically just told us she was only talking to Drew. Right. And you know what? (laughs) That is feminism. You know what's funny? It's either feminism or it's like the opposite of feminism, which is that thing you do when you're like almost in a relationship. Like you're like right up on the cusp of like it being official and all of your friends like, well, your boyfriend and you're like, not my boyfriend. (laughs) Right. Which we've all been there. I mean, I don't know how you felt or how you guys felt, but when I initially saw this headline, I didn't have the reaction of, oh, you know, there's no way. To me, I was like, this very much tracks with the era I feel Selena is in, which is kind of fuck everyone. I'm doing what makes me happy. And this is right online with that as as far as I'm concerned. The only reaction I had to this, honestly, was I then was confused about her relationship with Nicola in Brooklyn. Because I was like, if she's not dating her brother, then like, what's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) No, they're genuinely just that close. I'll tell you one thing though. If I'm Drew Taggart, I think I'm saying to myself, no way I just pulled this off. I I think so too. I think they make sense as a couple. And I think actually what's going to end up happening is that we're going to see some music between the two of them, which I think will be very big for both of them and even elevate that feeling of like, wow, I can't believe I pulled this off. But I do think together when I see them, I'm like, oh, you know, pop culture wise, as a pairing, this makes sense. Well, I think just follow my thought process here because I'm not entirely sure if this translates, but I guess the way that I would view the idea of their relationship, because who knows what's going to happen, it's been about a week, is that I obviously recognize the Chainsmokers are very famous, but they're not Selena Gomez famous. I still think it's two different categories. And something I feel I've really learned about Selena just in various interviews and content she's put out is she really enjoys spending her time with people that don't make her feel as famous as she is. Like I think that she craves normalcy on a consistent basis. And so in my mind, the little that I know about both of them is that while Drew Taggart is, of course, someone who understands what comes with fame, I still think, and I I pick up a lot on this based on their Call Her Daddy interview, like they're still very normal. And that is something that they are in touch with consistently. And so I feel like if you're Selena, it's almost a system hack. Like you're dating someone who gets fame yet at the same time is so down to be as normal with you as you want to be. Yes, I I do. I get that. Like she really craves it's normalcy but I can tell like the feeling of being grounded and so it's funny because yes he is famous but there's something about you know where I think it comes from actually is like he's famous as a duo and then on his own his name isn't necessarily like the most recognizable like the chain smoker's name is more recognizable than his individual name. And so it creates this kind of interesting relationship with fame where that grounds him a little. And I think therefore maybe grounds Selena a little, which could also be putting way too much thought to this. They could just be hooking up and having fun, by the way. 
Oh, they totally could. And I'm not even saying anything is going to come of it. Who knows? This could be a three-week fling and they were just generous enough to do it in public. So we got the photos of it. And it's not just one of the other million Hollywood romances that happened behind closed doors and no one ever found out about it. I'm not speculating as to what this could be. I'm just saying that if I'm Selena, other than maybe enjoying the chemistry and like, you know, thinking that it's fun and maybe it's a little bit exciting, I still think that for someone who's like pretty famous, he's also very normal and, and has the like, not that famous feel. And I just feel that that's something that is probably exhilarating for her. Like, I don't think she ever again wants to be with the equivalent of a Justin Bieber. That is too much. I don't think that that allows her to stay as in touch with the, yeah, grounded is the word that I would use. The more grounded approach to life that she has so desperately been craving. That's why I thought Nicola's brother made a lot of sense for her. But you know what? You're right. Because even in their dates of what we've seen so far, it's all been very low key. Bowling. Like that is as normal of an activity as you're ever going to get. Them going out for dinner in Soho and kind of making out on the street a little bit. Like there is an element to her with the – I think that you're going to see a lot of PDA come from this relationship because we're starting to see it and it's only the very beginning. And so if that's an indicator, we're about to see a lot more. Um, but the idea of her being able to go bowling and go to dinner with a guy and then make out on a street corner without thinking twice, that to me, a hundred percent screams like this is a grounding thing that's happening in my life. I'm not prepared to say this is a grounding relationship that, you know, he's the perfect person for her because he grounds her. It's just the act of them dating seems very grounding for her. Right. Like I think that from, again, what I have picked up from not knowing her personally at all is that she really desires moments that are super lighthearted and that she can just feel blissful. And it felt like her walking through the streets of Manhattan holding hands with this guy that she's going to get photographed with, but isn't like, you know, an ASAP and Rihanna walking through the street situation is something that is seemingly enjoyable. And you know what? More power to that because there is nothing, in my opinion, more fun than making out on the streets of New York, like against a building. That's that's the best kind of night. You know, for him, it also makes sense in terms of if I'm <laughs> if I'm the chain smoker, <laughs> and I'm doing sets in Vegas in the way that he does in these really late night, big party things. To have Selena Gomez to coming home to is also grounding for him. Like I know we were saying that his almost normalcy is the thing that has that effect on her. I can see her very much, the homebody that she is and the way that she lives her life completely having that effect on him. Right. And also she's not impressed by him in a way that is probably refreshing because I have to imagine a lot of the meetups he had been having previously, I mean, as he specifically said on Caller Daddy, were with people who were fans. Nothing wrong with that, but it's a very different experience when the thing that you have maybe used as the way to impress women no longer works when the woman is like far more famous than you and has had 10 times the amount of experiences and performances and can elicit a public response that like on your best day you couldn't just because she's literally one of the most famous people in the entire world. Like, that's also probably humbling but refreshing in a positive way if you're him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we'll see where that goes. Who knows? But for something so small, it is proving to be fun to analyze. Well, also, sorry, before we move on, because once you just said for seemingly so small and fun to analyze, that's also been the internet reaction because there was the Eve Jobs element of this because her and Drew split previous to him and Selena getting together. But this somehow resulted, and I'm still not sure how, in her deleting her Instagram. 
Yeah, which now will be a thing. Like whenever she rejoins Instagram, uh, 100% there will be a headline, you know, Eve Jobs rejoins Instagram amid Drew Taggart's Selena Gomez heightened romance. Like Us Weekly will post that 10 seconds after it happens. Or what will be even more interesting is her rejoining Instagram at rumors of a new relationship. Right. Uh, Either way. You can't can't just join Instagram and have it not be a headline these days, you know? So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. In one minute, I want to get into the Vanessa Hudgens comment about Austin Butler's voice, but in order to do so, we have to backtrack for a second to even understand where this headline originated from, which is, as we all know, Austin Butler's voice transformation has been a topic of conversation for, let's say, the last year or so. And one of his voice coaches actually spoke out. So there's this woman, Irene Bartlett. She's an associate professor at Griffith University. And she said that she was invited by Elliot Wheeler, who was the composer for the film Elvis, to meet Austin so that she could assess his voice and determine if they could work together. And she was one of his many voice coaches, and they really worked together to develop what his character would sound like. And she said he needed to establish a genuine voice of his own rather than just copying the sounds. And so she was asked, you know, why does he still sound like Elvis? And she said he spent years forming a, quote, connection with the character he was expected to play. And because of COVID shutdowns, he was working on it all the time. And it's difficult to switch off something you spent so much focus on. And so, you know, she said that when the film was over, she wasn't sure if he would ever be able to fully shake the accent. And she was describing how most men, their voices aren't fully stable until well into their 30s. And Austin is 31. Quote, so like an athlete, if you overdo the voice too early, too young, or try to impose a sound that's not natural to that voice, that eventually that voice will tire out and you'll have problems. Which like, 
just in general was so fascinating to hear from her. But then this headline is posted, you know, said Austin Butler's Elvis accent is genuine, might remain forever, says voice coach, aka this woman, Irene Bartlett. And this guy, Ryan Scott, posted that with these two hilarious memes. And he wrote, he went to the Lady Gaga School of Oscar campaign acting. And Vanessa Hutchins commented on the headline slash meme crying. So like all in one, we get the explanation of why his voice is still like this. And then the first public comment from Vanessa Hutchins about any of this. I can't. I can. You're the only person, you and Isabel are the only person that can truly understand how excited I was when that comment came through. I, that is, I know it's one word and I know it's so minor, but maybe one of my favorite comments that we've posted so far this year. Especially because just last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about that video that has now gone viral where, you know, years ago she was on live with Kelly and Ryan saying to Ryan Seacrest about how she knew that he was going to play Elvis. And she had said that to him years ago. And then he gets the gig. And then when he retells that story years later, he says a friend. We were just having that conversation about how when he said a friend, did he know whether or not the entire internet already knew that it wasn't a friend. It was his ex-girlfriend, Vanessa. So I just think it's interesting that after the whole discourse about her being referred to as a friend, it's her first acknowledgement of any of this. I mean, the funniest part about the Austin Butler voice saga is that it almost has this like, don't worry, darling, appeal to it where it's so minor, but every single day it seems to be something new coming out about it. Like the fact that this change in voice has really developed to like a multi-layered story where now like Austin Butler's ex-girlfriend who happens to be Vanessa Hudgens has now entered the chat. Like we couldn't have asked for anything better than that. Has entered the chat via a headline from an interview with his voice coach that then got turned into a hilarious meme comparing him to Lady Gaga. Like that is a real web. And I do know the excitement that you felt when that comment came through. We were pumped. (laughs) pumped and the thing that's so funny is that i can only imagine how validated austin butler feels by a professional coming out on his behalf like if i'm him i'm texting around the side every day like are you gonna make that statement yet are you gonna explain why my voice sounds like this like could you please tell the people like i am on her every single day until she comes out and then she comes out with this scientific explanation that no one can argue with and obviously everyone on the internet is still gonna make fun of him but i feel like austin butler almost saw this like glimmer of hope that we'd be able to let it go I am obsessed with it in the sense that like, I genuinely think it is so sexy. If I'm him, I'm glad that this transformation occurred. Making fun of was probably not not the right word for me to use. The internet, yes. For me, I am fucking so on board. If I was a guy and I saw the effect that Austin Butler's voice had on women, I would be training with a vocal coach every day to try and get my voice to sound like that. (laughs) You have this Irene Bartlett on retainer. Oh my God, are you kidding? No, I get it. I think dollar for (laughs) I get it. Like I am genuinely turned on by it. Not even him. Like, yes, I happen to find him attractive, but blondes don't really do it for me. It's more so that I find the voice so sexy. Well, that's why it extra does it for you because when he's in character as Elvis, it's the voice and also he's not blonde. Right. But I'm saying, forget Austin Butler. Like if you met this guy and he started speaking like this and he was a good looking guy, I think that it would actually make me more attracted to him. What do you, do you think that you wouldn't? Uh, Oh my God, totally. Voice is like hugely important. Like if I was, if I was hooking up with somebody or if I was dating a guy and I like loved their voice, like if they had a sexy voice the way that Austin Butler did, 
and we were like texting. I and he was sending like voice notes. I would be copying and pasting those voice notes to send to you every single day, just to say like you have to listen to his voice. I, I will. I will not get into this now. I think a relationship, friendship even, but specifically like a romantic relationship, reaches new heights once you pass the barrier of like being comfortable sending voice notes, and you yep. realize that that is a whole new medium you can explore. I will die on that hill. And I just want to say, like, if you're looking to spice things up with your partner, really do not sleep on the power of voice notes because it can be a absolutely transformative experience. I mean, also, by the way, like, even if you're not looking to spice things up, even if you're looking to, like, maintain whatever you have going on, I just think voice notes are the best hack. Like, why would you type a paragraph when you can voice note a paragraph? It, it it also is such an intimate thing because when you're typing something, you know, you have the ability to kind of perfect it and not, not to say mm-hmm. like, I guess technically you could practice a voice note, but you can hear someone's pauses. You can hear them thinking through what they're saying out loud in a very different way. I just, I'm, I mean, you guys know this if you've been listening for a while now, like <laughs> this is literally the reason the podcast was started because it's how much we voice note, but I, yes, huge fan of it. I love it. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Kylie out of left field with the full baby name reveal. 
Maybe she heard us just talking about it. We were like, okay, it's getting weird. And she's like, okay, if they think it's getting weird, then it's time to do something about it. <laughs> this baby is so cute. It is literally stormy in boy form. The name is Air, spelled A-I-R-E, pronounced Air. She confirmed that in a comment, which we obviously posted. I, I have to imagine that it's a play on like Air, H-E-I-R, but I just, I'm so happy. I feel like I'm, I don't even know now what the reaction is. It's like slightly anticlimactic because we wanted it so bad. And now it's just a name as we knew it was going to be, but it felt very exciting nonetheless. I'm just so happy to know. Like, I feel so unsettled when they have things going on that I don't know about. Like, I'm sitting here for 11 months trying to figure out what your baby's name is. And I finally get that answer. I, I can't tell you that I'm anything other than relieved. Yeah, it's and the baby is so adorable. Oh my god, that is literally stormy in like a little boy. I just one thing about Kylie and Travis, they're gonna make cute kids. One thing about Kylie and Travis, they're naming their kids after the elements. <laughs> That's what I said to you. What are we gonna get? Fire? I, I think they're making an uh, an Earth, Wind, and Fire cover band. Stormy's <laughs> rendition of September is about to go so hard. <laughs> Do you think Chloe's gonna come out like relatively soon yeah i have to imagine once one does i i do think the others tend to follow suit in that sort of a pattern i i really do think so i do think that there is a part of chloe and kylie that were kind of doing this in tandem again kind of the same way they did when they were hiding their pregnancies both and so maybe it was a conversation between the two of them about kylie posting and then chloe being ready to post as well yeah, I have to imagine it was a conversation regardless. I agree with you, though. I very much relate to the feeling of feeling settled <laughs> by something that should absolutely provide us zero settling, but somehow it does. It's like not knowing what's going on in a friend's life. It's like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily impact me directly, but I don't like not knowing. No, we just like being in the know. And can you blame us? I certainly can't. Also, just one last thing, Kardashian-wise. As I'm sure you all saw, Kim spoke at Harvard Business School, and the class she was speaking to, their assignment was to learn about skim. So she came in and you know spoke about the wins and the challenges and just so much to do with the brand, something that I would have absolutely loved to listen in on. But I just saw that and I said to myself, if I'm Kim, what a fuck you to everyone, you know? It's And that's her favorite thing in the entire world. I know, and I totally get it, which by the way, like, I cannot believe that I was not in college when that class was being given. <laughs> you mean you can't believe you weren't at Harvard Business School? No, I can't believe that at Syracuse they did not teach a class on skims. I, I think that we need to go back and teach a class at Syracuse. I was going to say, I, I feel like I could teach the skims class. First of all, you could teach the Harvard Business School skims class. I, I, I truly believe that. Soft lounge tank forever, baby. Soft lounge tank and rollover soft lounge pants. Wearing them both as we speak. Changed my I was, life. I haven't seen you in anything else than that outfit in six months. Yeah. It's it's literally the most comfortable thing I've ever put on my body. And the underwear. But I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't want people to think that getting paid by skims just like the Atlantis. <laughs> no, because the thing is with like not being paid by skims is that when you walk into any given space where you are, the amount of skims that exists and the amount of skims that are just in your eye line, no matter where you're standing in any given room that you're also in, it's 
it's not there yet, but it's bordering on like embarrassing that they're not paying you, that like you were spending your hard earned cash on this. It's Julie, it's not bordering. It's mortifying. Like it is, and I, it's not that I feel like I deserve it. It's not what I mean. I just, I'm, it is genuinely mortifying. I could never actually tell anyone, anyone how much I've really spent on it. it. It's a large portion of my monthly spending, but that's because I really enjoy the clothing and they wear really well. And it's, I just, I'm a huge fan. The shit works. If you're that loyal to a brand, you should get airline points. Yes. Oh my God. Could you imagine a Skims United collab? Uh, no, but like not even like airline points to an airline. I mean, like <laughs> it should work the same. Like it should work. Like, I wasn't meaning like you should get a first class trip to Dubai because you bought Skims, which is probably what you'd be able to get. I just mean like, why aren't you getting points towards like more Skims purchases? <laughs> I literally was like, yeah, I want to talk to United about that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I get it. Like, I wouldn't be mad at a United Skims collab in the sense of like Joy, a Skims. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. United and Skims do that collab. We're going first class to Turks and Caicos. You know what? Sign me the <laughs> fuck up. That is fucking funny. Oh, that's how you know it's 11.59 p.m. as we record this. <laughs> Can I tell you what the funniest part about recording is, aside from sitting in your house and, and the skims element of it, like being so present because I'm at your house? I have also been recording for the past two hours in the corner of my eye, the cutest baby picture of you I've ever seen in my entire life. It is so <laughs> distracting. I was like, it is so funny recording a podcast. And every time I look over it, there's little five-year-old you. <laughs> I know. I do think that recording when we the rare times we do this, which is if you couldn't tell, the energy or maybe experiencing is pre-flight energy, aka Julie sleeping over in my childhood home the night before we're about to get on a flight. And I do think it brings out something different in us. There's just something about recording with your friend in your childhood home the night before you're gonna go on a trip that feels very nostalgic. Talk about rare aesthetic. Yeah, true. <laughs> And the trip isn't even a trip. The trip is just to go see my dad because I miss him so much. Because we both miss him so much. I cannot wait to see him. Okay, well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. And we'll see you later this week for Kardashian Bonus Show and the Bravo episode. Bye.